my friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Monday, April the 25th. And wherever you are, whenever you listen to this, I wish you God's grace. I wish you God's joy. I wish you God's life, that new life of Easter as we continue through this Easter season. Yes, we have concluded the octave that finished yesterday on Sunday. And uh, that is that those that eight-day uh, season within a season, as it were, uh, where we celebrate Easter as if it were still Easter Sunday for all eight days. It is such an important holiday. Um, but we continue through the Easter season. Now, remember that last 50 days. If Lent's preparation takes us 40 days to prepare for that uh, triduum, that three-day celebration of the, the Passion, the death, and the resurrection of Christ. Easter takes us 50 days to celebrate even above and beyond it. Uh, It is the longest season within our church year that is not ordinary time. And, And really, is there any other season that should be in that position? No, no. So we celebrate it all the way up to and including the Feast of Pentecost. Uh, We also celebrate the ascension of Jesus within this. But we are in Easter mode, my friends, for another 42 days. So I hope not only you are able to to deal with that and, and move along with that, but I hope that brings life to you. I'm going to do something different today. Today's the Feast of St. Mark. Um, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about Mark, but very little at the end. Uh, but um, I don't ever remember doing this, but I'm not going to read today's gospel, nor first reading from today, nor nothing. I'm going to read yesterday's gospel because yesterday was the feast, not only the end of the octave, but it is the feast of, of divine mercy. It's divine mercy Sunday. And it's uh, the conclusion of John's gospel. And uh, I want to read that passage because it's there's so much there and again i'm not going to talk about all that all that uh, those items but i want to unpack a few things and i thought it was worth it to go back so forgive if you were looking for a, a different gospel um bless you i'll tell you what it it would have been uh, had we gone uh just give me a moment uh this is scintillating podcasting it would have been mark chapter 16 verses 15 to 20. What is the conclusion of Mark's gospel? But today, instead, we're going to read the first conclusion of John. So if you want to follow along, it'll be John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. So let's break open God's word together. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. 
So the other disciples said to him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger into the nail marks, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Now a week later, his disciples were again inside, and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, although the doors were locked, and stood in their midst and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and bring your hand and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving, but believe. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you come to believe because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book, but these are written that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have life in his name. My friends, the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So I told you this is the conclusion of John's gospel, right? But you also know, so this is Joe speaking out of both sides of his mouth. There is a chapter 21. So this is chapter 20. But yet, this is chapter 21, which we heard, all oh, the first half of it, almost, last Friday, when we had that gospel, right? That's the gospel when they're out fishing. The epilogue, as I, I mentioned. Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? That one. But this is the original conclusion. And again, whether it was the same writer, whether it was a, a later edition. Brothers and sisters, don't, don't, don't fret and don't worry yourself with that stuff. It's all true in the sense that they, all these stories have things to tell us about who Jesus is and beyond that, who God is in our life um, and what that means to be a disciple. So, uh, this is the original uh, conclusion. And so that's these last two verses. Now, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples that are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that through this belief you may have his life in his name. Ah, didn't I tell you that? The calling card of God? God's job description is taking those things that are in death and bringing them to life, right? If you went to Mass this weekend, uh, there was that Revelations, that uh, second reading from Revelations, which, you know, it's, it's obscure because it's Revelations, right? And, and all of a sudden, there's Jesus standing among seven lampstands with a voice like a trumpet and all this stuff that's going on. But I loved this description that he has of himself. So John, you know, is in the midst of this, and Jesus touches John with his right hand and says, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last, the one who lives. Now, don't confuse that with Harry Potter, the boy who lived, okay? Listen, J.K. Rowling's great books. Love them, love them, and really have a lot to teach us, to be honest with you. But don't just say, ah, you know, <laughs> same stuff. No, this is... This is God's description of himself. I am the one who lives. I am who I am. You're not going to be able to put me in a box. But I'm the one who always lives. 
Oh, that's so good, isn't it? Um, and that's what we get to convey. So he's talking, of course, to us. I mean, even when Jesus says, you know, and Thomas, of course, is us in this too. And I'm not going to talk about Thomas today, actually. But Jesus says, if you come to believe, have you come to believe me because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and have believed. In effect, you and I. That's our, that's our role. We get to choose that. Do we believe? And that's what I want to talk about today. That's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, do we really believe the good news? I know, I know, brothers and sisters, that we can quote it. I know we can tell the stories. I know we know it. And I know at some level we hope it to be true. I can't tell you how many times I, I chat with people and I talk to them about God's goodness. And people, the, the thing they say is, oh, I hope that's true. There's a difference between hope and belief. That's faith, right? Hope is a good thing. We, I, it's, it's wonderful. I, I don't want to step on that. But brothers and sisters, do we believe? Do we trust that that is true? So here's the scenario. Um, this is Easter Sunday night. Uh, they've run out to the tomb. Mary came with the news. They didn't believe Peter and John run out to the tomb. They go out there. They see it. They wonder. They still don't understand, but they come back. And here Jesus appears to them in their midst. Okay? And he comes through these locked doors where they are for fear of the Jews. They're in hiding. And Jesus comes to them and his first words, and again, he's not coming with chastisement. I know I, I talked about that last week. And he says to them, peace be with you. Peace be with you. And he shows them his vulnerability, his scars. And then he says to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. And he says this odd line, receive the Spirit. So this is, by the way, Pentecost in John's Gospel. Luke is going to have it, you know, uh, coming later, right? That's, that's the, the feast uh, in Acts of the Apostles that we hear about. But this is the sending of the Spirit in John's. So which is true? Yeah, both. Both. Here's where we know. The Spirit has been sent to us. And it enlivens us. And so he sends, he breathes on us the Spirit and says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you, but we can't do it without the Spirit. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. Whose sins you retain are retained. Now, my friends, I urge you, don't hear that to say, okay, I get to decide who's forgiven in this world and who's not. Whose sins I forgive, they're forgiven them. That's great, good. But whose sins, those people who really hurt me and I retain them, well, they're, they're retained in their sin. And in a sense, it feels like I've got control over them. That I'm going to hold them in their sin. And they're going to be judged for that. I don't think that's what Jesus is saying here at all. Because I don't think we have that power. And I don't think Jesus is giving us that power here. I think essentially what he's saying is, because we know, remember, right? How many times must we forgive? Seventy times, seven times. Forgiveness, we're either in it or we're out of it. We, we've talked about that. And that if we are going to be in the kingdom, it's about forgiveness. But if we retain someone's sins, 
where are they retained? Are they retained in that person that I'm, I'm controlling now and have power over them? No, I don't, I don't have that power. Because if they seek the forgiveness of God, I, I hold nothing over that. They're retained in me. They're retained in me and in me only. If I continue to hold someone who has hurt me, and my friends, I struggle with that. I struggle with that. I'm not going to lie about that. But if I choose to still see them as the person who did A, B, C, or D to me, and I don't see the possibilities or the growth that they have had or or the forgiveness that they have asked for, or, or, uh, you know, all I see is that one portion of their life, not the fullness of their life, that one portion that wronged me, I retain them in their sin in me because that's who they are to me. And that harms who? Me. Me. And ultimately my relationship with them. Jesus is inviting us to forgiveness. In fact, he says to us here on the line before it, he says, as the Father has sent me. And we saw for 20 chapters what that sending looked like in John's gospel, right? And he says, the Father has sent me, so I send you. And what is essential in that sending? Two things. One, the Holy Spirit, and two, forgiveness. If you retain it, you're just doing it to hurt you. And here's the other thing, my friends. Here's the other thing, and really the point I want to get to, and really where I'm going to end. We celebrate divine mercy. You know, and this was a feast that John Paul II began about uh, 20-ish-odd years ago, on the same day that he um, consecrated and canonized uh, Sister Faustina and made her Saint Faustina, um, that he made this a universal feast day for the church on the end of the octave, that it is Divine Mercy Sunday. Because we see what mercy looks like. Regardless of the condition of those disciples who were in fear and in hiding and in guilt, that God can find them, that God sought them out, even in the midst of their hiding, right? We hide in our sin. Even in the midst of their guilt and their running away and their disloyalty, God finds them there and doesn't chastise, but he says, peace be with you. I love you here in this moment. Not only do I love you, I'm sending my spirit to you and I'm asking you to be my agent. And how does that look like? Through forgiveness. Where does that start? With yourself with yourself. Forgive yourself first. Because you know what I do with me? Do you know what I do? The same thing you do. We retain our own sins, don't we? I'm far more willing to forgive somebody else than I am myself. I think that's a human nature thing. And our God invites us to forgive ourselves. Brothers and sisters, I can't do that without the Holy Spirit's help and without a whole lot of trust then God loves me today. But here's the key. Have you ever seen the picture of the divine mercy? If you haven't, go look at it. Go look at it. Google it. Google it as soon as you're done with this. Divine mercy portrait. It's a picture of Jesus. And he's got two lights coming out of him. Um, and one is, is blue and one is red. And uh, the red, and, and, the idea is the blood and the water that flowed from Jesus' side, which, of course, refers to the Eucharist and baptism, right? Um, but under it, it says that line, Jesus, I trust in you. 
Marvelous. Marvelous. Here's my question to us. Do we trust? Do we trust, brothers and sisters, that our God can love us even in our state that we're in today? In a state of only half giving ourselves to Him? Or the masks we wear, even to ourselves? The hidden desires we hold? The uh, people that we have hurt? The regrets we have? The shame we carry. Do you think we're any different than the disciples? No, they were fully human. And Jesus found them in their hiding and didn't let them stay in their fear or their shame, but brought peace to them. And they believed. Brothers and sisters, God won't let you hide either. But the question is, are you one of those people, like some of these elderly that I visit, and we tell the good news to them, and they say, oh, I hope that's true. But they can't allow themselves to believe it. Or do we say, Jesus, I trust in you, that that is true, that you meet me here, and you do and have and will have forgiven me and will forgive me. He meets us there, and that's what he brings. It's how Pope Francis can look at his friend, uh, the cardinal in Germany, who, uh, who wrote the book um, and, uh, about mercy and say, Ah, oh, mercy, the name of God. My friends, if that indeed is true, you can exhale. Because mercy indeed is the name of God. And when we trust in Jesus, we trust in that mercy, we trust in that forgiveness that comes to us right here, right now. We don't have to be anything different than who we are today to receive it. But then, my friends, then we are those ones who must transmit it, right? As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And we must give it, not retain it in our hearts. But with the Holy Spirit's help, see if we can move beyond it. St. Mark, the evangelist, here's what I'll say. Um, Here's what we know. We believe that it was the Mark to whom, when uh, Peter and John got out of jail and escaped, that they went to and showed up at the house of of the mother, the the household of uh, Mark, or John Mark, as he was called in Acts, that he went on the first mission with Paul and Barnabas, and for whatever reason, uh, left that mission early, which angered Paul a great deal. And uh, when Barnabas was arguing that John Mark come on the second mission, um, that Paul said no, he would not. And it was ultimately led to the split of Paul and Barnabas. So Barnabas took John Mark and Paul took Silas. And uh, But ultimately that whatever grudge was between them was forgiven because when Paul was in jail in Rome, the one person that he asked for was John Mark. And uh, John Mark was also a good friend of Peter. And so when we listen to his gospel, you know, in the gospel here today, it says, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. We are called to bring this word somehow to the world. And John did this through writing. That's how he did it. Um, 
And we may not do it through writing. We may do it through a myriad of other ways. But that's how Mark did it. And and that was fantastic. He wrote the shortest of the Gospels, 16 chapters. And uh, and then we know very little of him. Um, in Venice, there is St. Mark's Square. It is said to house uh, the remains of Mark, but we don't know that to be true. And we don't know where he ended up. And we also know he was a very good friend of Peter. And this indeed could be Peter's gospel. It could be part of Paul's gospel or a combination of both. But we know Jesus is very human within it. And it helps give us a wonderful portrait uh, of, of who Jesus is and was indeed a great source material, especially for Matthew and Luke, who would write theirs 10 to 20 years later using much of his, uh, his gospel. So we ask for his prayer today. So my friends, let us pray. So we pray in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We are on a joyful, the first joyful mystery, the Annunciation. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell. Lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, I promise tomorrow we will be back to the gospel of the day. But in the meantime, have a wonderful Monday. And God's peace.